As we continue in our Advent series on the Messiah, Abigail is going to read to us today. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This is the word of the Lord from Luke 2, 18 through 11. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Most of us are very familiar with the Christmas tree that sits in the middle of Rockefeller Center in New York City. As we know it today, we see the images on TV. Many of you have visited there in person, and it's this grand, beautiful, amazing Christmas tree right out in the middle of one of the, the most well-traveled areas of NYC, and it's sort of an iconic image for us as Americans during the Christmas season. The story, though, of the first Christmas tree that was ever decorated at Rockefeller Center is really actually a moving one, a very moving story for us to consider this time of year. It was put up back in December of 1931, back in the middle of the Great Depression, by construction workers who were very grateful that they had work when the country's economic prospects were so very bleak. The tree was decorated not with the bright lights of today and the, uh, we can only imagine tens of thousands of dollars that goes into that project, if not even more, but instead it was decorated with paper garlands and some strings of cranberries and some good old tin cans. And the picture that you see here is one that was captured by the Associated Press of the paymaster handing out paychecks on Christmas Eve at the tree there in 1931. I love this picture of this group of thankful men able to provide just a little bit perhaps for their families in a very difficult time. And it makes me think about how over the centuries and even today we celebrate the Christmas season and many people celebrate it in different ways. Some people celebrate with extravagance because they're able to do that and it's a time of of lavish gift giving and lots of displays of, of, of how much we have or how much we want people to see. There are many other people who celebrate the season. They have very little and they simply just do the best with what they have. In any case, I pray for us and we've really hopefully been, been getting this message out during our Advent season. I hope that you're catching this message that for us, all of us will celebrate this season with a deep sense of thankfulness, first and foremost, for who this season is all about. That in our hearts, it would not be about the tree, the decorations, the gifts, the presents, even family, that all those things are, are great and wonderful and we look forward to them, but, but that very purposefully and intentionally, we are, are praying that, that you and that I, that all of us, would center in our hearts Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one during this season and we've been praying for you and even strategically been giving you things like devotions and other things to work through during this season so that it doesn't catch you by surprise on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day to where you say oh yes that's right that's what this is supposed to be about but that all of us through this season would have that purposefulness and really would consider 
just how God so loved us, so loved the world, that he gave us his son, and that it's the Messiah who's at the center of this season. And we talked about this last week. We looked at a couple of scriptures outside the stories in Matthew and Luke, talking about the Messiah and the moment when the Messiah came. As, as the people of God had been crying out for generations for a deliverer, for a redeemer, at just the right moment, God sent his son, the Messiah, into the world. Jesus Christ came to us born of a woman. He put on flesh. He had blood flowing through his veins so that he might make his dwelling among us and make a way that we could be right with God. Jesus is the light of the world who came into the world and the darkness cannot apprehend him. And because he has overwhelmed, overcome the darkness, we can celebrate this season with joy. That's our word for today, with joy. Because we know the Messiah has come and we can experience life in him. And I want us to consider this morning in what's a, going to be a shorter message. We had a little more music today. We're going to have a little more music in the 1050 service with our choir and orchestra program. And so today you get a condensed message, but hopefully it's a lot of good meat for you, okay? At the heart of this, I want us to consider when we think about all these stories, when we think about all that Scripture is telling us during the season of Advent, are we challenged? And what kind of people do we want to be in light of these stories? Our example today in the story is from a group of simple and humble shepherds. And I've titled this Messiah message, A Messiah from the Margins. And, and in this story, we see a very upside-down nature, a very upside-down character to, to the way all of this is unfolding. And as the shepherds are invited to the scene, this upside-down character of the Advent stories just continues. We've already seen God do things that that defied the expectations of people coming to mary and joseph in a place like nazareth not in jerusalem not at the temple coming to this this young couple who were poor who who didn't cut much ice who didn't have much to their names in terms of being prominent but but the announcements are coming to these people who are unexpected and god says the most unexpected things are going to happen to you and through you and the shepherds then join this upside down character of the advent stories showing us at least from a human perspective that god constantly has ways to surprise us and to defy our expectations what i want us to look at this morning are are six biblical truths that come out of this text and out of this part of of luke that remind us of the upside down character of the coming of the messiah and here's the first one. The Messiah was announced in the homes and the fields of the poor, like Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds. And the Messiah was announced to outsiders like the Magi. All of this happened in places like the homes and the fields of the poor, not in the palaces or the courts of kings. It was an upside-down way of doing things. The, the character, the nature of all that God was doing was different than what most people ever could have imagined. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, verse 8 tells us. 
They were keeping watch over their flocks at night. And they, too, received this beautiful, wonderful, miraculous announcement that the Messiah was coming into the world. God's purposeful joining of the shepherds into this story. Men who, who we imagine had families whose jobs were, were unclean, whose jobs were unsafe. In the ancient world, shepherds often came with, with a very negative reputation, as did their job. And yet, God's very purposeful bringing them into this story reminds us that in Jesus Christ, we are invited to a table of boundless welcome. And God says to, to each and every person who would come to him, who would believe upon the Messiah, who would say, I want this good news for me and for my family. He says, at my table, you're welcome. If the shepherds are welcome, if the magi are welcome, so are you. And the shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping their flocks at night, were brought into this incredible story of the Messiah coming into the world. And notice the second upside-down character of all of this. Each and every time that the Messiah was announced, that though entering the world as just a newborn baby, the heavens declared the glory of the Lord. So, so of course, Jesus was born as the Messiah in very humble circumstances. We'll come back to Luke chapter 2 on Christmas Eve. We'll remember the part of the story that, that most of us remember from when we were little kids. This idea that, that the Messiah was born and placed in a manger. And, that, and as all of that took place, it happened in the most strange scene, the most strange setting, at least to the minds of many. But when the announcement came, a window opened up. There was a glimpse, there was a picture that there was something happening here that was much bigger than what anyone could see or understand with their human eyes. When the Messiah came to us the first time, an angel of the Lord appeared again, this time to the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord in this moment shone all around them, and as we might imagine, they were terrified. When the Messiah came, something was happening that transcended time and space all that we know about the dimensions of our physical existence all of that was different for just a moment heaven and earth were joined together the physical and the spiritual were, were manifested together and god gave us a picture of what eternity will be like when the messiah comes again the Messiah came the first time, and at least with the shepherds, heaven and earth are joined together. We see this incredible picture of even the glory of the Lord shining around them. And when the Messiah comes back the second time, this will be what we experience. We, we will finally understand a reality that is beyond what we could have ever seen or known in our physical existence. We, we will see that melding of the physical and the spiritual together and we won't all be sitting on a cloud, playing a harp, right? Li living like, like so many of us have imagined. It will be beyond comprehension. When we experience the glory of the Lord, nothing else will matter. And that is what we will experience forever. And some simple, humble shepherds out in the middle of their fields, keeping their flocks at night, 
got to see this window opened up just for a moment when all of space and time were transcended. A little bit later in Luke, as the angel begins to make his announcement, they get to see an even bigger picture. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared, Luke writes, with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The Messiah brings us glory and peace and favor from God. And yet even as we see these incredible we might say divine moments unfolding with the stories of the shepherds. Luke brings us back to the humble circumstances of their lives. And I love, again, here is the third biblical truth about the upside-down character of these Advent stories. The Messiah was received by the likes of the humble shepherds, but he was also rejected. He was rejected by many who were rich, many who were powerful again later in luke 2 he tells us how the shepherds received the good news of the messiah and they responded with obedience when the angels had left them and gone into heaven the shepherds said to one another let's go to bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened which the lord has told us about they hurried off they found mary and joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger and they received the message of the good news that was given to them. Many received this gift. They believe in faith, but even still today, just like was true when the first moment of these Advent stories, these first moments were happening, there are still many today who reject the message. They reject the good news. They, they reject the, the things that bring about glory and peace and favor and joy for all people and many people reject the good news for many different reasons but i pray for each and every one of us again as very purposefully we're being i hope i pray drawn into these stories and seeing how they challenge us seeing what kind of people do we want to be in light of what god has done for us in jesus christ that we would truly live as if we have believed upon him in faith. We have received this good news. We too are following him in obedience. And we're not just doing this with words. We're doing this with our lives. Listen, there are some who say with words that they have received the good news, but with their lives they reject him. My prayer for us is that as the shepherds model for us, we wouldn't just receive and believe in word alone, right? But that we would live it out. We would walk it out in obedience and we would go as we receive the good news with faith and see for ourselves what God has done, what God is doing in the world today. The Messiah was received by the likes of humble shepherds, but was rejected by, by many who were rich and powerful. And then here's the fourth truth. Many of God's people in Israel, the, the people to whom these prophecies went the most, the most frequently, 
And, and many of them had memorized them. They knew them. They'd heard them since they were a child. Yet many of God's people in Israel missed the Messiah, their king, the king of the Jews. Why? Because he did not come as they expected him. Look at what Luke says in verse 12. This will be the sign to you. You will see a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. The Messiah came the first time, not as a conquering king, but as a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Luke says, the angels announced, he is the Savior, he is the Messiah, he is the Lord. But upon his first coming, he came in a way that many did not expect. And because he did not come according to their expectations, many of them missed him. Many of his own people rejected him. Many of them simply would not receive a Messiah, the Messiah, who came to them in a way that was different than what they wanted, what they preferred, and what they knew. Listen to me, this is so important. May it never be for you or for me, for any of us, that we miss what Jesus is doing because of our own expectations. May it never be for any of us that we miss what God is doing in our mix just because of our preferences or because it doesn't fit in the nice little boxes that we always construct. We, we too can fall into the same temptation to try to force God to meet our expectations, to do things the way we want them, the way we think they ought to be done, and we make the same mistake that those who rejected the Messiah during the first Advent season made. We try to force God to do something. We, we try to force God to be something when we can't force God to do or to be anything. He is who he is. He speaks to us as he speaks to us. He leads us as he leads us. Our role as the people he has created is to conform ourselves to the work the Spirit is doing, not to expect God to conform himself to what we want or who we want him to be. I pray that we do not miss the Messiah because our expectations are getting in the way. Many missed the Messiah because he did not come as they expected him. Here's number five. The coming of the Messiah was the true good news of great joy for all who did receive him and the good news of great joy is for all people that's what the angels announced not just for some but for all people people from every nation every tribe every tongue people from every race ethnicity every walk of life no matter who we are no matter where we're from no matter what we've done or have not done the good news of the coming of the Messiah is good news for all of us. If we would only believe upon it in faith, walk in obedience, and, and then do what we see the shepherds do last, be faithful to take the good news that's to be joy for all people of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, Savior, Messiah, and Lord, 
to all of those people to whom God would send us and in all of the places to which God would tell us to go. We know in Jesus Christ the great joy, again, that's our Advent word today, the great joy that can only come through a relationship with the Messiah, walking in obedience with the Anointed One. But we've also been called not only to receive this beautiful gift, but to be a part of God giving this beautiful gift to others. Good news of great joy. And finally, what the shepherds model for us, what we see in their story is that the Messiah would first call people to himself. They came to see what God had done. But also then the Messiah would send them back out to announce his coming to others. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This is the announcement they heard. This is the gift that they came in faith to receive. But then it's also the message that they took out and they announced to others. Luke 2, verses 17 through 20. When the shepherds had seen him, they did what? They spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. Mary continued to treasure up all of these things and pondering them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. You know, one ancient Christian said that the evidence that the shepherds did what they were called to do is that the message ultimately ended up coming to King Herod. Think about that. How was it that King Herod and the messengers who came to him knew that the, the child was being born? Where did this word come from? The shepherds went out telling everybody they could tell about the announcement they'd received, the birth of the child, seeing the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord, lying in a manger wrapped in cloths. They did what they were told to do. They went out with the announcement of the joy, the good news for all people. And as they spread the word, people heard. All who heard it were amazed. And the shepherds continued to go glorifying, praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. Just like those simple, humble, and poor shepherds, we too have been called to take the message of the good news of the Messiah to every single place that God would send us, to spread the word concerning him so that there may be great joy for all the people. When we are brought into these stories, do they challenge us? What kind of, of people do we want to be as we consider who the Messiah is? Just how much God has loved us, the great things that God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Or are we guilty of missing him? Are we, are we guilty of also missing what he is doing because we, we try to put him into that box? 
We want him to meet our expectations, our wants, our preferences, not allow our wants, preferences, and expectations to meet what he has laid out for us. As we close this morning, I, I love this quote from the ineffable D.A. Carson. If God had perceived that our greatest need was economic, he would have sent an economist. If he had perceived that our greatest need was entertainment, he would have sent us a comedian or an artist. If God had perceived that our greatest need was political stability, he would have sent us a politician. If he had perceived that our greatest need was health, he would have sent us a doctor. But he perceived that our greatest need involved our sin, our alienation from him, our profound rebellion, and our death. And so he sent us a Savior. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Savior and Lord, who came to us as a child wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. The good news of his message is that of great joy for all people. But Jesus not only came to us as a child, he also died for us as our Savior. He gave his life as a perfect sacrifice for our sin so that we might be able to be made right with God, that we no longer have to be condemned to death, but we can have the life that only Jesus can give. And then after he died, he rose again from the dead, defeating death forever so that you and I don't ever have to be dead in our sins again. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. During this season, as we consider what kind of people we want to be, will we give all of our hearts and lives in surrender to Him? Would you join me as we pray together? Lord, I thank you today that as we consider these stories that, that most of us know very well, each time we come to them, we see in a new light, in a different way, just how much you love us, just how great the gift of salvation is. And at the center of it all is Jesus Christ, our Messiah, our Savior and our Lord. I pray for all of us, Lord, that as hard as it is during this season to slow down, to be able to just pause and take a breath and to consider those things that transcend heaven and earth, Lord, I pray that you would help us to do that in this moment. Lord, we're not in a hurry. We're here right now. We have this moment and this opportunity that, that hopefully where we have been, we've been challenged, we've considered who you are and what you've done, and Lord, we, we want to be right with you. Lord, I pray that you would settle each heart, settle each spirit, Lord, even in, in this moment as I'm praying out loud, help us all to take a posture 
of surrender, of receiving, of finding our rest in you. And I pray that in these last moments we have together, whether we're praying, whether we're singing, whether we're sitting or standing or kneeling, Lord, whatever it is you're doing in our hearts, Lord, would you help us to know that we have met with you? And would you speak clearly to us about what it means to take whatever step it is you're calling us to, to be faithful, to be the kind of people that you've called us to be who walk in obedience with you and who spread the word about the good news of the coming of the Messiah. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.